Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let's not waste any time. Let me bring in the rest of the team that's going to guide us, <coughs> that's going to ride with me through this adventure. You guys will understand that there might be stops and starts in this podcast. <laughs> I tested positive for strep throat. I was sick over mm. the weekend, so... Not the coronavirus. About, didn't didn't no coronavirus. Did you get tested for the corona? I didn't get tested for the corona. You might need to get tested for the corona. I might get tested for corona this weekend once I'm feeling better. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't no unnecessary tests needed. Just poor right. humor by the way. But no, so if right. we stop, start. If my voice sounds scratchy, I'll apologize. You're enough trooper. For so anyway, let me now bring in the rest of the team who's going to take this ride with me in this adventure with us on this latest edition of the Blitz. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well yourself. Well, uh, I'm there. I'm living. And <laughs> Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-America, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you for the intro, bro. Rod, there's a couple of things we need to cover on this week's show. One we started to talk about towards the end of last week, kind of third-year guys that are in line for a big spring. And that'll dovetail as we start talking more spring football. But let's wrap up the combine. And, Rod, probably the two easiest guys to talk about the combine are Colin Johnson and Brandon Jones because they didn't do anything. Yeah. Kyle, gotta take that back. Colin well, Johnson, Colin Johnson did the bench press. And Brandon Jones, he did he did something, right? He made the headlines because of his um his research project where he researched every defense in the NFL, uh, put himself, visualized himself within that defense, and then had basically questions and a presentation ready for every team that brought him in, like, hey, this is what I would do in your defense. This is where I best fit in your defense, and basically present it to them. Yeah. Um, and it was so. I think that was a. I've never heard of that before. I'm sure people have done it before. Maybe not. Maybe he's the first one. That's fantastic. When you, when you can't do a damn thing at the combine, that's the thing. The, yeah. Just the, the the scones. Yes. Just, you know what I mean? They, they 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 respect your testicular fortitude. Not only your football acumen, but to walk in there and be like, listen, man, this is what y'all need to yeah. do. With well, me. when y'all when y'all draft me, this is what y'all should do. I love that idea. And it sort of shows it's probably a passion of his too. It like probably so is. those things don't yeah. come out, but those are things you can read into if you're. But that's also something you want him. as a yeah. yeah. You exactly. want somebody that's a film. So when you look freak. at it, and that's exactly yeah. a way that you can assess a person's talents, not necessarily looking at the measurables, but just like say, well, when we talk about football IQ or things along those lines, or say, if he knows he's a fringe prospect, it's one hell of a way, too, to get into a coaching staff's mind if you ever, because obviously looks like he's the type of mind that may parallel with being a coach after his playing days, too. So you can just prove your worth on the front end to these guys, and maybe somebody will stick in your memory. And from Brandon Jones' media session, I think, I got to go back and listen and see what team it was. I think he said the Packers. I think he said he met with, and they were very impressed nice. by the little presentation he had put together on what he had learned about the Packers and their defense and whatnot. Yeah, I, I, think it, I, I think it was Green Bay. Yeah, but Rod, here's how highly Brandon Jones is thought of, and, and there's a lot of guys that do mock drafts, and uh, you know I'm at 24/7 Sports. We're part of the CBS Sports family, and our guys at CBS do a great job, but. Uh, I like Matt Miller at Bleach Report because Matt goes deep into multiple rounds Love to do Matt mock Miller's drafts, uh, and he did mm-hmm. a three a three round mock after the combine. Right, he's got Brandon well, I Jones. Saw that. He's got Brandon Jones going to the third round, eighty one yeah. overall to the. That. This is going to be weird to you know, kind of adjust your brain to the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. At number 81 overall. Yeah, and I'm assuming, well, I, I bet the assumption is he's going to run a, a good time when at the pro day. Yeah. Uh, that it'll be a, a good time for a safety. I mean, 
low four fives is a you know decent time for a safety. But if he runs in a four four range, usually I think safety, there's a chance there's a chance he could run in the four. Yeah, when he's a you're four four is a safety, and he's running here. Usually guys run a little faster at the pro days than they would have at the combine anyway. So if he's if he's a four four, then yeah, I can see him skyrocketing actually rising up some draft boards in addition to what he you know did at the combine and at the pro day. If- it depends on what team you are and who's running the stopwatch that day. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because every team has their own time. <laughs> right. Gil Brandt famously started publishing, and I wish I'd have brought my, my research about the all-time greatest you know, 40-yard dash times. He, he had Deion Sanders at a 4-1 famously, 4-1-9 or, or something like that. And I think his time at the combine was like a 4-2-5. 4-2-4 four, 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 and then 4-2-1 like it got broken by it is, well, Yeah, you know what I mean? Something crazy like that. But it's it, it just – it's. One of those things where I, uh, Bo Jackson has a great story that he ran a four one eight something like that officially, and then he said the un- unofficial time somebody hand clapped him at a three nine. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. know exactly. Right. It comes like, up four one three two, and especially <laughs> think the, about back in the day when you didn't have nearly what yeah. the electronic so timing does. I totally now. agree with you. Phil Sims has a famous story where he talks about <laughs> he was I think he's from Moorhead State, so yeah. he was at their pro day, and all the scouts were at the finish line. And he was the only one at the start, and he was like, okay, might as well make it a 37-yard dash. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, let me stretch out a little bit here. Yeah, so, I mean, it's – but I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, it, it matters for a lot of people and it doesn't, but it's it's one of those things where, yeah, if he gets an unofficial, somebody clocks him at, you know, four, low 4-4 four, four or 4-3, four, he's in business, and I can see him rising fast up those draft boards. His film is interesting, though. I think he, that people like the fact that he can cover. You, you, you think by one point week, yeah. versus LSU, he's our best coverage guy. Yeah, he's arguably, In the LSU game versus the most prolific, potent offense in the country, you could argue he had the toughest position because they put him at, at the nickel and told him to cover, and he had, he had one of the best coverage grades out of any of our defenders, probably our best coverage grade. Out of our he actually made plays on the ball. Yeah, I mean, so, it was, there wasn't many good coverage grades to sort through in that exactly. game, right? <laughs> he's one of the few that stood out. I also, you know, so I like the fact that he can cover the, the tackling stuff. I think he's got good tackling on film, and I think he's got some questionable tackling on film. I don't think definitively any way you can say he's a bad tackler. I don't think you can say that, but if you want to be uber critical, you can you can throw that out there. But Grant Delpit's going to be drafted in the first round, and hell, I think Grant yeah. Delpit was a worse tackler than Brandon Jones, or Brandon Jones was a better tackler than him, in my opinion. And just on the field everybody has missed tackles. Yeah, so it all depends on how they're going to play him. So I think I, I don't. I said Brandon Jones. I don't know if he did it intentionally, but. It's brilliant what he actually did when he went into those rooms because it is important what team drafts him and how they use mm-hmm. him. Yes. And I wonder if he said, don't use me as a middle field safety because I don't think that's his strength. I don't, I don't like him tracking the football like an Earl Thomas or mm-hmm. you know, a Michael Griffin even from sideline to sideline or you know, those kind of players. He's not, he, he's not really that guy. I think he's great at, at coverage. He has, I think, exceptional coverage ability for a safety. I think he has really, really high. And in the sub-package world that we live in, where you're playing five, six, sometimes even seven DBs, you just need really smart, high football IQ guys out there who have good instincts. He's one of those guys who can play multiple positions for you other than corner. You can safely say if somebody's taking him in the third round, they see a very specific fit for him in exactly. the defense. Totally agree. Like, we have this hole, secondary, and he's the guy who can fill it. Immediacy, yep. also, you're trying to get returns from those guys being drafted around there. That's yeah. those oh, are for the sure. hacks yeah. into the rookie contracts, though. Those nowadays, you have to have those guys be ready. So him coming in and sort of on the front end, like you were saying, talking to these teams yeah. and making sure, like, well, you know, if I do land here and you don't see it this way, there could be just some type of disagreement on how I'm being used to my strengths, which is just a good thing on the front end because you want to go and make yourself fit and you want to do best for the team. Yeah. And even though that may be an obscure thing or something you don't see happen on the front end by who's called just some undrafted or some rookie right now coming in, doing that's actually really smart. I mean, if, yeah. Rod, if, you're taking, if you're taking in the top 100 picks, that's a team that's planning on you coming in and yeah. you, I mean, you're probably a, a featured sub-package guy. You know what? That doesn't surprise me. Last year, if he'd have left early, I think people were talking yep. about him being mm-hmm. drafted in Third. the first three rounds. He was one of the you first I mean? big recruits when you're like, oh, yeah. we got another good safety. He was safety. a five-star, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. no. Was he? he was a borderline okay. one. Some, some series he might have been for okay. us. He was a, in, the, yeah. in the composite, he was a high four. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I remember when they were talking about him leaving early that potentially he could be a guy drafted still in the first three rounds. I don't remember if he ever submitted his name and got um, any – you know, I don't know if he got he any information did. from the advisory board. As far as I remember, he Maybe did, and the, gra- and the grade was to go back to school. It was probably a third-round grade anyway. Yeah. So, 
we shouldn't be surprised. Uh, a guy who had grades seemingly one time a lot higher than third round was Colin Johnson. We talked a lot about Colin Johnson's combine yeah. last week, but Rod, he does the bench press and that's it. Can't do on field drills because yeah. of the hip flexor issue. So when you look at this wide receiver class, and this kind of bleeds into any conversation you would have about Devin Duvernay. Mm. Coming out of the combine, now you're hearing, okay, he might go now in the top 10 if he's the first wide receiver off the board, which mm-hmm. then means C.D. Lamb, Lamb might go in that 9 to top, 12 top range, 15, yeah. which then is going to push Henry Ruggs probably into the top 15. If you're Devin mm-hmm. Duvernay, and maybe if you're Colin Johnson, that's what you want to hear yeah. because that means, like we talked about last week, if those guys go that early, mm-hmm. that means that run. And then Justin Jefferson going to the combine, run a 4 3 9. Yeah. Now he's in the first round. If you're one of those guys where teams are going to say, okay, we'll wait and get a wide receiver later, and teams are always going to draft receivers, mm-hmm. you want that first run on wide receivers to start as early as possible. Totally agree. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're Colin Johnson, it's got to be frustrating because he really can't control any of that. You're right. That's just a hope and a prayer, right? That hopefully some team reaches on a wide receiver. They're also, it could go the other way where everybody goes, tons of wide receivers out there. I'm just going to take. I'm gonna, you know, the, I'm gonna take the most valuable, yeah. which is in this draft, what is the least available? What is what the what are the rare positions right now at wide receiver? Like we said, it's so damn deep. We are talking about Colin Johnson potentially going undrafted. That's I mean, how deep it is at wide receiver. 11, and if the you know difference, I mean? say between twelve and thirty, isn't as much, exactly. That's what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, then you're talking about teams going. No, no, no. We'll just wait on a wide receiver because I know we're gonna find a good one. We got so many good ones on yeah, our board. Outside of the we'll top five or ten, we, what we uh, don't have are a lot of good pass rushers or a lot of good, you know, whatever. Very, Whatever there's it is. a finite yeah, yeah. small amount of the other exactly positions. it's yeah no question so I think that's what he can't control what he what he the only thing he really can't control is that forty right now and I hate to put everything on that damn forty because ultimately it's you know just because you're fast doesn't mean you're necessarily good at football it's just another one of your skills or repertoire mm-hmm. just because you're well endowed does not mean you're a good lover mm-hmm. you know what I mean you got to be attentive you gotta you know sometimes you got to take it slow sometimes you got to go fast like all these different things you know what I mean you got to be um, unselfish like a lot of different things make you a good lover uh, being well endowed helps it helps helps to be really fast helps to be hey it helps but it doesn't necessarily make or break you know no. what I mean your football uh, overall skill set and especially for wide receivers so it's about whether he's a good route runner or not but I think ultimately he'll make NFL rosters or he's got a shot to but he's got to run a 40 and he can't run into four sevens no. basically the only thing we he saw can't that do last year is in a four he can run into four sixes he really can I mean I know it sounds crazy now he still might not get drafted but still teams won't take him off the board he runs a four seven some teams will take him clean off their board mm-hmm. like he won't like oh and I'm telling you if I was a GM you run a four seven as wide receiver I'm taking you off my board I'm sorry. Like I'm, four Outside. six, four six something. Okay, you know what? Let me go back and look at the film if I really like them. You run a four seven, you're off my board. I'm sorry. I don't believe as a wide receiver in the NFL. You have to you be the can, best route runner in the history yeah. of the world. You Steve you have freaking Larger. You know what I mean? I don't think you Steve. Yeah, you're, you're talking about the guy who runs. Well, wasn't he four, <laughs> four, four, just, four That's why he's going to yeah. the top ten. He's a great route runner. You're right. But my point is, yeah, four seven. That's why Lil Jordan Humphrey thing was like, oh, man, I can't even have him on my board. Like half the teams yeah. have to take him clean off their board and when they saw Saints, that time. who could maybe yeah. understand they have a niche role that they can use him in. Exactly. Exactly. Pitch. And he is, he is one of those guys you can do that and with that's in what the modern He does have that one value being the type of frame that in the goal line mm. store, but they need him to really put on some weight in le- if he's going to be a guy that's any type of multiple as an NFL receiver. Yeah, he's, he needs to run a 4-5, honestly. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. Anywhere in the 4 fives, so I think he'd be good. He's golden. Because all, all the combine did was, and we talk, again, we talked about this last week, the big questions for him now are becoming the medicals Yep. And you're at the combine and you can't work out because you got a hip flexor. Those are the fair, things that hurt. The fair or not. The medicals. Yep. Fair or not, Rod, now that's the perception teams that's have it. of him. That's all people, yeah, that's all they, all they're like, oh man, he's, he's, he's injury prone. Well, I know. And, and that may be him. true or not, but, it, but it's, and it's unfair because I, what you're, the workouts are supposed to force teams to go back to the film. Mm-hmm. Like Devin Duvernay's workout, people are going to go, hey, go back to that film, go check this dude out a little bit more. And that's good for you. And you would hope that Colin Johnson's workout would make them go back to the film because his film is unbelievable. Exactly. Like, ah, he's got a great film. He even really senior does. bowl, all the reports, oh. you heard him messing everybody yeah. so on the field. But the thing is me- measurables and measurables. Medicals. Right now when you're yeah. dealing with that, when it's on paper, it's, those are certain things that if you don't align with what a yeah. team's thought process is, exactly. you might just get the quick, immediate, you're off the board. But – 
fit wise, it could actually yeah. work down the road. It's just a lot more of a risk. It's not. I mean, th- this is you know, it's like we're in campaign season, right? Campaigning is different from actually like ruling. Not ruling. But, uh, <laughs> <Iron> <laughs> governing. Fist. Governing. Sorry, ruling. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe that was a Freudian slip. But governing, right? So that you got to campaign to win. To get the right to govern, but it's a totally different set yeah. of skills, totally different, you know, uh, mission, all that from campaigning. And, you know, we, we, we see that. But yeah. it, that's what combining, combining and footballing, yeah. Yeah, I was make up a word, are two totally different things. Like combining, everybody's combining right now. Yeah. Combining it that does not make you a good football player, but you still got to go, gotta through, the go through the process. Yeah, because they have it in their head. There are certain parts of this process that have, you know, that that really translate to success. Yes. Certain and you know what? I'm not against that, but my point is they don't know which they don't know which ones. They, You're they gonna have, have really to become the anomaly ones. if yeah. you don't fit inside there. You aren't yeah. the thing that's most likely. I'll give you like this is kind of what separates Colin Johnson, right? Like Colin Johnson goes to the combine. He's the tallest receiver at legitimately over six six, two twenty two, thirty one and three quarters inch arms, nine inch hands. Mm. I'm gonna give you the measurables Bro. for this other wide receiver, and then we'll talk about what the difference is. Six foot four, two hundred sixteen pounds, thirty four to eight inch arms, nine and a quarter inch hands. Yeah. You know who that second prospect I mentioned was? T. Higgins. There you go. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, man. Uh, and that's he... where forty time and shuttle short space quickness and but like that's where you would know more than I do, right? Especially like nowadays and knowing somebody like Shanahan, like. The ability that's on the scouting level just going so much more precise these days. A guy like Colin Johnson, who is viewed as a good route runner and those type of things, does that do you think can help that in draftability? Or mm. is that only thing that's gonna help you make the team once you're on the roster because of the coach's niche more than the front office? Depends on what the coach is uh, like how his, yeah, like aligned you likes, are with Lynch. What, certain, yeah, what he prioritizes. Yeah, you exactly. know, Shannon prioritizes that's speed. Why Colin Johnson Shannon's a speed freak. Mm-hmm. He loves speed. Let's look at all of his Running backs, like he's obsessed with. Because you can coach technique and yeah, a lot speed of other and things. speed and multiplicity are his two big things. That's why I mean, look at Kittle, right? Kittle can play wide receiver, play slot receiver, play tight end, Both play H back, play fullback, plays everything. Juice Chick can play. You know, he plays tailback, he mm-hmm. plays fullback, plays H back, plays tight end, plays everything. Debo Samuel, wing back, plays wide receiver, but they use him as a running back basically when they when they use the jet sweep motion and the end in the rounds and all that. So he, there, are two, you can tell two things that he values. So mm-hmm. it all depends on your system, but his system. The speed of the running backs is important because there there will be a a hole. There will be there's going to be a gap. You can trade. Shano's trading up for Duvernay. Then yeah, no, no. I think think he loves. I think he loves Duvernay. I think he also Antonio Gibson's another uh, the Memphis. Uh, wide receiver, he's kind of like that too. But all the uh, that's why they drafted Jalen Hurd, you know, last yeah. year. Yeah, he's the same kind but of. But all the things you just said are things that not necessarily. But Colin everybody Jansen has. Yeah, but exactly. everybody else. Some other guy may say, "Oh no, no, for us, he like, he's, like he's like Tom Herman. Yeah, like oh, I need, possession I need that receiver. X possession guy on the outside that can catch radius, can make these really, really amazing catches mm-hmm. and tiptoe and ballet a, a ballet football player on the sideline. Like he, he sounds like guy. a Ron Rivera to the Redskins. Yeah, guy. no, no, I'm Colin Johnson. Some guys like that. Yeah. And Colin Johnson, I feel confident about this. He's going to be on a roster. That I I totally agree. You know, assume, assuming he's healthy, assuming health isn't an issue. Yeah, and he doesn't he tweak something. I think but, he makes a roster. Now, I brought up the T Higgins thing, Rod, to say this. You know, all these projections about Colin Johnson going in the first round. I can see where people saw that coming from, but even like we saw Colin Johnson following this Texas program and covering it better than a lot of people, and it's like. Did you ever really see like first round receiver out of Colin Johnson? Well, I think the projection was that he was going to take that step, right? That that big step that we you had seen enough from to go, oh man, he's got a lot of potential. And his precision and, and the draft is based on that. And he, ne- the truth is, he never really took that step because of injury, some of mm-hmm. it, some of it because of the offense, the limitations of the freaking mm-hmm. offense, them not moving him around, not putting him in bunch formations, condensed formations, not putting him on a move, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the limitation in the route tree. I mean, we could go on and on. Sounds familiar. Like, <laughs> pass, since yeah, when we started, I mean, yeah. but when we started right. this podcast, things we were saying about Marquise Goodwin were things yeah. the way that this tool, we yeah. see these things and yeah. he has flashes so, of top and potential, but it never was put together exactly. while on campus. So it, that's, I think that's what you saw from the mock drafts. If you think about it, if he had taken a, if he had gotten better each year from what we saw in his first yeah. 
two or you know, three years, basically, because even you had that good year with Lil Jordan Humphrey. So, man, or, so, or, so in that, from that standpoint, are we saying the same things about Colin Johnson that we said about Chris Boyd last year? If you put on the right tape, and granted, they're two different guys, but from this standpoint, if you put on the right tape, you could watch tape and see a guy who could be a first-round wide receiver. Has that time? Um, where you have a body. I, yeah. I think Boyd had more bad film out there. I don't know if Colin Johnson has a lot of bad film. He's he just has a, he just has the stigma that he's injury prone and that he's slow. More of a finesse and type yeah, guy. yeah, he's a, basically a slow wide receiver. Like he doesn't have speed. Doesn't have the, he doesn't have the quick twitch. Mm. You know what I mean? He doesn't that he can't doesn't have any burst. And to, in people's minds, even though they haven't watched the film, they equate that with oh, he can't create separation. He ain't got a burst. You know what I mean? He's a possession wide receiver. He's a big body. He doesn't create separation. He just can make contested catches. And yeah. so he's got to prove right now that he can create separation. I've seen him create separation. We all have. Yes. I mean, he, he, does, he, can get, yeah, he can get in and out of the breaks really quickly, but that's what he's got to prove. And that's why it's going to be good when he goes through the, the route the route drills. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, oh my the, God, the route drills be... out here are going to be just, at, at the pro day, going to be just as important for him as at 40 because they want to see him burst. They want to go, ooh, man, he looks like he got out of that six route pretty quickly. Okay, you know what? Let's see him run that post. Let me, you know what I mean? Like they, they're like, oh, he's got. So for him, because that, because there's a stigma now about him, and the the combine, a lot of the process is you breaking through a lot of those stereotypes about your skill set. That you know, Rod, be short up, can't can't defend deep ball, man. He can't, you know what I mean? Like you're trying to break through some of those stereotypes because they're looking for reasons not to draft you. A scout's job is right. not necessarily to figure out what you do well. Any 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 imbecile can do that. Watching mm-hmm. two minutes of film on somebody, two plays. What they're trying to do is figure out what are the liabilities in your skill set and can they be coached out. And that's what the process is all about. And I, he's going to be the guy at Pro Day, though, it seems like is just made to be a Pro Day sensation I, because he's I the type of that. guy that's the tactician along the sidelines. If you're putting him into a controlled display, like a combine environment, he's the type of guy, when you're talking about Ooh. catching balls, is, like he's going to be... Is Ellinger going to oh, throw for him? Probably. Can Ellinger throw for him? So. Uh, he can't, I don't oh, think. He can't throw in the Pro Day? Did they huh? change those rules? I don't know. I'm just asking. They used to I don't, be I don't that know way. how you... Yeah, I, don't, I don't know the exact rules Yeah, at Pro Day, I remember years it's ago, they, they had they can't, people but throw. I, yeah, like you said, I don't know how it works, but... I wonder who was throw from because now to that point you're right. Oh Yo, yeah, know. because I mean we've seen he's made catches yeah. that I've never seen players make before. Oh yeah, he's got on, on the outs yeah. outer level. Like he extends in theory the field no. three yards like wider than it actually is. The, the it's Dr. really Stretch absurd because like <laughs> when you spot a ball and I've been wondering about this my whole life. Like when you spot a ball and a guy's running and runs out of bounds, it's where it visually is out of bounds. When Colin Johnson catches that ball and gets to gain possession, like when he's four yards out of bounds, he. Gets it's the extra yardage from catching. It's very bizarre and weird. But just seeing those type of things are the type of plays that'll owe and all you, and at least in a controlled environment that doesn't necessarily translate to the field, at least can get attention to you. I guess what I'm really trying to say with the Colin Johnson thing is the more I think about it, Rod, had he never had those early expectations of being a first-round pick from guys who probably – Someone might have just watched that USC game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sophomore or that year. Big Twelve title game. Well, had he had brain. he never had he never had those expectations yeah. that maybe he was never going to reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if everything was right, then some of the stuff wouldn't be that big a deal. But now the narrative is going to be, man, you were a first round pick. Now they're talking about you might not even be drafted. Well, and also this this wide receiver draft is just freaking ridiculous. It is. I yeah. mean, it is. I mean, no, I think it, the more that even after the combine, you go, damn, it's deeper than I thought. And we, it's deeper than we all thought. And if the you position watch the workout. so much different than yeah, it was fifteen so years ago. Just, fifteen years ago, he would have been the prototype yeah. that you would like. It's to a have. bad storm for him um, right now. That's all. Because I agree with Matt too. I think now there's a new type of receiver that people are starting to covet, and it's. It's the guy that kind of has multiplicity in their mm-hmm. skill set, and they covered slot receivers more. And yeah. Yeah. not your Roy Williams, and that's what Colin Johnson people looked at and saw as a freshman. But like, he has I, the body type to be this, true. and that was the type of guy. It's just a different type of game these days. And you're like we saw here at Texas, you're quite niched when you're just playing like an outside receiver. In the would have been game. better if you had a lot more film with him being moved around and yep. in different positions. But, but I you, digress. But this this goes to show you how big of a free, and I think people forget how much of a freak he was. Rod, what was Roy Williams? 6'3"? Yes, my God. Even though I think he was listed at 6'5". Yeah, he was 6'3". Yeah, he, he was like 6'3". <laughs> yeah. People forget, he ran like a 10'4 in high school. Mm-hmm. 
and was like a and was long, like a 25 26 foot long jumper. Yeah, it was a long jump. It was like an elite level long jumper. Yeah. No, so you're talking about a dude big. that big that's that explosive. Just you natural. just don't. He had burst and he had he he was twitchy <laughs> for a big dude. You know, his yeah. gait was like a deer. You know how deer like when they run like they go for, so much further oh, than their man. body type. Roy, whenever his length would get going, he'd eat up so much space. Sort of like also Vy did those long legged fast yeah. guys that are tall. Yeah. Though, so. Okay, you mentioned two of them. The third one I'll throw in there is Des Bryant. The guys that I've seen play football in person, Vince Young, Roy Williams, Des Bryant, they're three guys you hold your breath whenever they got their hands on a ball in the open field. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to keep them out of It's game over. Yeah, it's game, it's game, game over. over. Even if you're an elite athlete, it's still hard to tackle those dudes in the open field. Yeah. You know, I wish I could pull some of those games I watch right of high school kids trying man. to tackle Des Bryant. <laughs> Dude, I can imagine. He was a grown I still man. Imagine your stories of talking about Malcolm Brown as a tight end taking on two A safeties uh, out in Brenham. Like you're talking about like a little hundred thirty. Well, I mean, Brenham was a four A, but still sophomore I mean, kid taking on Malcolm Brown two eighty five at tight end three hundred coming at you. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's yeah, you're right about that. I don't know which one's more intimidating, though. Des with some of these oh, high Des school DBs sure. on the outside though. Man, he just, I just probably just throwing it, was, it up. It's just like, fair. it's a rebound, and he's just deboing, punking fucking DBs out there. I think the craziest Malcolm Brown story, Matt, is Jerry Hamilton went out to, I think it was Malcolm Brown's senior year, the first day they had, because <clears throat> Brenham didn't do, under Glenn West, they didn't do spring practice. They just did, they wanted to start two days, you know, when everybody else started. So it's their first camp practice, and they've got a mile run. Malcolm Brown beats everybody in the damn program, skill guys and all, in the mile run <laughs> at 280-something pounds. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's that dude, that's like, absurd. Yeah. Like, what, what, what do you do at that point? That you is know? absurd. You know what that is, Rod? That's what a first-round NFL defensive tackle looks like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, free, uh, they're all freaky like that. Yeah, yeah. He almost um, fell out of it. Here is uh, the, here are the reception leaders in the NFL last year in their 40-yard dash times. Michael Thomas was a four five seven. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was a was a four five four. Keenan Allen was a four seven one. He's the only four seven I think. Well, and that's that was a fast time for Thomas because he was criticized for being that was the only criticism. Of yeah, him. that was kind of how his thing was. Julian Edelman ran a four five two. Julio Jones four three four. Allen Robinson <laughs> four six flat. Cooper Cup four six two. Robert Woods four five flat. Tyler Boyd, four five eight, DJ Moore, four four two. So the point is, I mean, it comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. I mean, these guys become precision route runners and they're savvy route runners and they've they've figured out how to create separation on their own, even though they don't have elite speed. Most of those guys. I'm not saying that some of them no, don't. He's like don't right need now. It, he can aspire to be a Michael Thomas. Yeah, like, you that's can, the type of receiver. Yeah, you can still that make it work. So I'm not. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom for Colin Johnson. Like he can still make it work. Right. Yeah. The 40 is just going to be key in terms of if he gets drafted. Real quick, Devin Duvernay goes four three nine in the 40. You know all the receivers. I thought he run faster. Drills. And I know that's. I know that. That's yeah. how, that's how yeah, lofty how? my expectations were for him. I was like. If he was like, he ran a 4-3-9, I was like, that's all? Yeah. And he ended up saying that, too. He said he thought he'd run he faster and he will run, run faster at his pro day. Yeah. Probably despite whatever he's yeah. told to do, he's like, no, I'm faster and run that. No, I, I believe he, he believed, I think he was disappointed in his 40, how, yeah. as fast as it was. But I think, right, he's, Duvernay's probably solidified himself as a day two guy, right? Uh, yeah, I would think so. There are enough people, there's enough buzz about Duvernay out there now. People are now going to the, yeah. you know, they're going to the uh, you know, film and you know, they're talk, talking about how his relation to Kyler Murray and oh, yeah. you know the track times. I mean, there's enough buzz about Duvernay right now that I think he some team's gonna take a chance on him. Hell, yes. I yeah, and I, I, I bet the 49ers are interested. I I know they are just based on what Shanahan likes in wide receiver. Strong, sure. strong. He likes strong hands, guys that attack the football, guys with mm-hmm. multiplicity. He's got all that, and he likes speed, and he's got speed. The one thing about Duvernay people are worried about is his, um, I don't know, how, what's the best way to describe it, the flexibility in his hips. It's a little stiff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the, like the, the the bend in the his hips. The flipping of your yeah, hips to change yeah, direction. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, but because he's a pow- he runs like a running back. That's sort of he why does. when we talk about him like running. Stout. But that's what we're sort of yeah. talking about yeah. when we say he runs like a running back. He's just more of that straight it line is. type guy. But the way that receivers are used nowadays really well just with angles when you see guys just being able to watch Cooper Cup and how content he is to just run that angle 15 yards and get an extra few. That yeah. straight ahead speed, the way that Duver 
DuVernay has it. It's almost as if he doesn't need to change direction once he gets going because he gets that momentum and he takes on the yak and gets and the yards after contact. Yeah, and and I, think go, I think go back to his sophomore year when the coaching change happened. Like People forget they tried him at that H position that first year. Mm-hmm. And I remember we all thought, okay, you think about this power spread offense, you think about that H position – they're going to make Devin Duvernay Percy Harvin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. But Duvernay's not built that way. No, he's, he's not. Just, he's not twitchy. He's not as twitchy right. as Percy. Yeah. But the change, the change when they moved him back in 2019 is okay. Stop worrying about what he's not. What is he? What can he do well? And like yeah. Matt said, you give him the, you throw it to him on a bubble or something where all he has to do is stick a foot in the ground and get vertical. Yeah. Now you're talking about a guy. Now you're playing with strengths. Yeah, you're using you're using him as a downhill runner, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because he's not as he's not as quick as he is fast. I think Percy was as, Percy Harvin was as quick as he was fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I mean by twitchy. And I don't know if Devin Duvernay is as quick as he no, is fast. No. He is, but he's fat. But he's, he's he may be as strong as he is fast. He's one way you know quick. I mean? he's so that's quick. different. He starts strong, up quick, but he only yeah, goes one way. If you're strong, you are fast. Like you said, just get the ball in his hands mm-hmm. and then let him go. Get yards after the catch, yards after the contact. That's what he did. And that's what they they figured that out last year. That was that was that was good coaching, actually. Yeah. And you that brought was good up, coaching. You know how much you thought Shanahan would be interested in? It makes total sense. You start talking about. I was like, well, who, what, who does Duvernay remind me of? The running backs he runs like. And then I was like, well, well Debo, very much. And also yeah. though, like seeing what happened a decade ago in uh, Denver whenever Selvin Young just sort of came out and ran as a running back in that zone-blocking mm-hmm. scheme. But the way Duvernay has the multiplicity to be the type of guy, we saw him get motioned into the back, and all he you did? need is one direction yeah. cut that's inside true. that type of scheme. So no, all the point. end arounds, everything that he yeah. is, that's his skill set actually fits that type of I agree with you on that. That's a good point. So one real quick to, to end the combine, talk Malcolm Roach. We were wondering what it was going to look like at 297 pounds. Malcolm Roach. He goes out there and runs. Rod, he runs 484. That was impressive. At 297. Yep. That is. He's yeah, that's working. Was, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I think he actually made himself some money. Still don't know exactly how I got to look at the D-line draft and how deep it is. Well, I'll tell you this. He made NFL.com's all-combine team. There you they go. put him on there as a 3-4 defensive end. And I just think this is interesting. Hmm. Best team fits. Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions, Arizona Cardinals. Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick tree, you value versatility mm-hmm. in your defensive line. Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Saw a lot of Malcolm Roach in the Big 12. Yep. Cliff Kingsbury, saw a lot of Malcolm Roach in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. No, I'm with you on that. I, I thought he was really impressive. I carried that 297 like that. And I'm not surprised because even here he fluctuated weights and changed positions, you know, almost – Annually, you'd hear about Malcolm Roach working out at another position in the spring or something like that. Guy played inside linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive end, D tackle. So I think that number one is going to help him because I think if they can see him as what they say a defensive end in the three four, mm-hmm. that means you can see him and as that's a what def- this article. That means you can see him as a defensive tackle in a four three. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So that means, and most teams are multiple. Well, most teams, I would say, at least half the teams in the NFL are multiple in a way. They end up with three man fronts and four man fronts. Man, just having a guy that can play a number of different positions on either one of those fronts, mm-hmm. I mean, he may end up making himself some NFL money just because of his versatility, which can manufacture depth. Exactly. And I didn't expect him to carry that. I didn't know he was that fast straight away. I mean, that, that means you might be able to cover tight ends potentially and ride the running backs out <laughs> yeah. of backfield. That's what, crazy. Was that like Gronk speed almost? Yes, four, eight, five. I was shocked that he ran that fast. I I, I heard that he may not have had – what's the strength? What's the bench rep, the bench 20. press? So I think that was the concern is that he may not have added enough strength with all the weight. But I think that can come, too. Obviously, he just packed that on for the combine, basically knowing what people were projecting him as. 30-inch vertical won't hurt either. Was like, he's, a, he's a hell of an athlete carrying all that weight. He's it's like, a fast, man. springy fella. Yeah, we can just add you know, add he's some legitimate strength to, to him. He's added so much muscle yeah. throughout his tenure. Dude, like, you got some strength to that? That's, that's impressive. If you're drafting a guy in the sixth, seventh round or you're taking him as a priority free agent, He's probably a practice squad project guy for you anyway. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So why not? Give him a year to get his grown man NFL body and strength. Uh, according to NFL.com, per next-gen stats, Malcolm Roach had the third-best athleticism score among edge defenders. I have no idea what the hell that means, but sounds good. So 
Yeah. Two, two These days up. in the analytical world, they got some they got some analytical geek in there with them uh, in their draft war room, helping them break stuff down. And trust me, that's a random stat like that that he's dropping in the ear of the assistant general manager. He's like, you know what? You know he's got the third overall athletic score behind these mm-hmm. two guys, and they were they were day they were first day guys. You know what I mean? Like yep. that these days that those analytics, athletes, those an, yeah those analytics help you, man. Analytics help, mm-hmm. is helping a lot of guys get drafted high. It really is a pro football focus, man. When they key in on you and they you know they start putting you your projections up against this player and yards after the catch and all uh-huh. this kind of stuff, like it really does. It simplifies. The picture for a lot of scouts. I've heard the PFF guys talk about that stuff's even coming up in contract negotiations. Yeah, dude, of course it is. Yep. You, you comparing me to some NFL All Pro and basically I'm paid like a scrub. Uh, yeah, please, <clears throat> we need some agent, more incentive. Agent, for me. do your job for yeah. me, agent. Oh, uh, it's it's it really is. It's helping them out. So yeah, that's that. Ma- I don't know what it means, but I know it matters. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time for our first break on this week's show, but on the other side, more Combine Talk, and we get into some Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. So, all right, I think any you guys have any parting shots, any final thoughts on the Combine draft, anything? Um, As we gear toward Pro Day, which I believe is going to be April 1st. No, I will say this. The uh, just talking random draft. Yeah, April first will be pro day. Um, one of the things that I learned about the draft is a great trend, and I'm sure it's a trend that's been out there for a while. The the article I read said 46 of the 261 participants in the NFL Combine were asked to work out in multiple positions, and I think the truth of the the, the truth of it is the future of football is positionless football. I, like I, Isaiah Simmons right now is making people yep. nervous because they was like, I don't know to put him at a linebacker or a safety. He don't put him at either. It just, it's just like in college uh, recruiting where they have an athlete. They just bring now he's an athlete. We just yep. bring them in. It, they, they basically start doing that on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball in the NFL when you have guys like Isaiah Simmons. You just bring that guy into your defense, and then you start playing positionless football. I heard Matt Rule talking about it the other day, and Mike Mayock said, oh, yeah, the future of football is going to be basically for skill positions on either side, positionless football. They asked Clyde Edwards-Hillel to work out at wide receiver. Hell, yeah. Bill Belichick missed uh, the last day of the combine because he was at Middle Tennessee Watching some outside hybrid linebacker slash defensive oh, end. Oh, Belichick. You know what I mean? I love that. Like, what the it's hell? Like all of them we are hurting over there. Yeah. Can have monopoly on you know the few. Nobody but, else is talking about my guy. But the reason I'll bring it home to Texas because I know we got other stuff we want to get to before we close out the podcast is the future of football is positionless football. It is the Debo Samuels, the wingbacks. You want the guys with multiple. Tyreek Hill was kind of one of those guys for Kansas City. Every team's got one of those guys. They got a running back with wide or a wide receiver with running back tendencies. We've been thinking about that, the tight end position like that for years, for uh-huh. decades. Just give me a damn good athlete. I'm going to mold him in that. Now, and I heard you talking about it, Jeff, and you've done some research on it. The linebacker position is starting to become that. Like, no, no, no. Let me just find a freaky, freaky, freaking athlete, and I'll just put him at linebacker, and I'll use his instincts and his IQ, and he'll figure it out. And you're starting to see that in the Big 12 play especially. So for Texas, the future of football is on the 40 acres in terms of those guys, those wide receivers with running back tendencies or vice versa. Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith. You know what I mean? you got two of the best in the country who are considered to be throw, throw Bijan Robinson into that mix, too. Throw Bijan Robinson, guys with multiplicity in their skill yep. set that turn that basically turn your offense into a multiple offense from down to down and within the down. Shanahan mm-hmm. has figured out. He's got three of them. He's got Juice Check, he's got Kittle, and he's got Debo Samuel. All three of those guys, you never know what position they're going to be playing mm-hmm. at any given time. And if you do send out personnel to defend it, Shano will switch it up, motion somebody, and then, oh, I was just defending 11 that turns into 21. And- what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, that's the future of football. It's just chess with people. And these guys, they are the ultimate piece on that chessboard. Because right. they get, they basically present a a, 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 a a mathematical conundrum to the defense. And even vice versa, yep. when you have an Isaiah Simmons on defense mm-hmm. for your opponent. Basically, they turn your offense or your defense into a Rubik's Cube where you have all these different combinations you can always mm-hmm. use. That's why Brent Venables, the 317 that he had with Isaiah Simmons, man, it could always become something else. It was a yep. 317 that could become yeah, four down. 
down a three, my two could have yeah. two line. Never know because I got this one guy that can play every position on the football field, and you don't know what position he's going to play. And when you think you know, you don't because he's a real freak, and I can take him from the D line all the way back to play safety, and he can actually do it. You know what I mean? Like these guys, Derwin James in the NFL, Jamal yep. Adams in the NFL, Honey Badger in the NFL. All these guys are playing kind of the, a very similar role, and everybody's got their one. And even the Cowboys aren't behind us. They call Tony Pollard the web back. But it's the same thing. Smart backs, air backs. So my point is, the right here on the 40 acres, you got DeMarvio on overshone on defense. You got Joseph Asai on defense. Both of those guys are multiple in almost every way. Joseph Asai could be a DN. He could be a line. I mean, you can put him in multiple spots on that defensive front. Same thing with DeMarvio and overshone. And I think B.J. Foster's another one. you got like that's five or six guy different guys, of, yeah. right? So my point is, that's the future of football. It's coming. I guarantee you in 10 years, everybody's going to be talking about it. Right now, they call them position flex. That's the new term. It was hybrids. That's, and I, I call multiplicity. But remember, they used to call them tweeners. Now, the yep. difference, difference between a, a prostitute is, is she a hooker, is she a call girl, or is she an escort, right? Mm-hmm. Escorts are paid for their time, and that's the top dollar. Not that I would know. The hookers are the ones that walk the street. All right, they're the throw ways. That's what that's what a tweener used to be, right? He's a tweener. We don't know what the hell to do with him. Yeah. Ah, we may find something for him. He's a tweener. Now he's like, no, no, no. He's a hybrid. Why? Yeah, because there's value PJ now. Tucker. Yeah, now there's value attached. Exactly. Exactly. PJ Tucker now. Now we found a place he for him. He's a hybrid. To Greece and yeah. Israel. Now he's a position flex. So now they're at, they're putting value on that skill set and that 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 versatility. And I guarantee you, Texas. Probably has as many as anybody in the country when you start looking at them both on defense and offense. Yeah. Just throwing it out. And that's a perfect thing that in addition to what you're talking about and why it's great value, they'd also makes your roster become a math problem. Exactly. Because you're, on, you're only allowed 52 men or you can have a certain Amen, amount of active rate too. Amen. So, but now if Isaiah Simmons in theory, and he understands it's a strength, he doesn't view not being a starter at some position as something that is a bad label, which was viewed for a long time. Mm-hmm. It took like in the NBA, people like Ginobili's and to actually be a star that would be willing to come off the bench and be this platoonish type player to where you're maybe labeled differently than you were before. But if you are Simmons, you're on that team and you know that you can be a guy that would they can have yeah, your niche player that's a linebacker or your safety. When we don't have to worry about what he is, but he can back up that, that, and that. So that's three roster spots yep. that you don't have to have a backup linebacker, backup safety. You know that totally you can agree. allocate his snaps and his minutes. And if you have multiple players like this when an injury goes down how it affects one team well man if you have one specific guy that goes down we have to insert said not as good Mm -hmm. player admittedly not as good because he's the backup instead of that you get to just move around and it's what you call the opportunity cost of your entire roster when you do it on the field with those 11 but then when you go and say you have 10 guys that can play multiple positions and then two or three that can play three or four positions in theory you can survive 10 injuries when other teams can't and you can drop down from having your active list that in theory well we still have uh, two two deep and we're carrying 44 for these 33 actual spots or whatever yeah I agree to keep this conversation going toward Texas and I like where you guys took this Matt for for you and I where this correlates to Rod talked about it from the NFL standpoint for Texas this is how you control your bust rate this is a really good way to Mm -hmm. do it when you recruit guys, and, and take a look at what's going to happen this spring. We already heard about Malcolm Malcolm Epps getting some run at tight mm-hmm. end. There's a report out that he might get a look, maybe it, maybe some Jack linebacker, just to see what it looks like. Yeah, I, did I hear that about a tight end too? Reese Lato. Reese Lato is going to get a look yeah, on defense, heard, see did, what it did, looks yeah, like. Yeah, I did hear that. And this is a way, it's not, and, and I think this is one. where... David Bender was the running back last year. Exactly. In recruiting, I think you can get kind of two tunnel vision yeah. sometimes, saying, okay, Rojo. this guy is the future Rojo. at... Yeah. Put at position X, but now he's at position Z, and we that doesn't make sense. Them. So he's a maybe he's a failure. No, 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 no. If you're recruiting the right kind of athletes, yep. you're recruiting guys with players. some with some versatility to them. Now you're talking about it doesn't matter how it happens. If you can maximize as many scholarships as possible, you minimize your bus rate. That's how you have a healthy roster and a championship roster. And totally depth agree. and survive That's a injuries. great point. And he's doing that, too. You, yeah. it, you don't, we don't talk about those stories but because not all of them are meant to be you know, the, the success story where you know, Rojo almost becomes a starting running back at times. Like, mm-hmm. no, you're just trying to keep that guy from getting into the bust category because yes. yeah. that's what's going to drag down your recruiting class. If he becomes a bust, a yep. wasted scholarship, then you're dragging down your recruiting class. If you can just turn him into a contributor yep. instead of just a bust, 
Oh, then you, as we know, that could it could end up being the key to a successful recruiting class. And here's where the Reese Leto thing helps you. Like, let's say Reese Leto, try Reese Leto out on the D line, and let's say it works. Yeah, let's say maybe he's not pushing anybody for a starter job. They say, you know what, he can turn into a guy that can give you three two, to five good snaps he's in the a two, game. Too deep, maybe. Yeah, that's an early entry JUCO guy. You don't have to go get. That's a guy you don't have to go get out of the portal. That's you save that scholarship. And not only that, you get deeper on it. You got another guy still invested. You know what I mean? Because let's be honest. You know when mm-hmm. when guys know they're no longer they're recruited over or they no longer have a spot. It's their to career to that point. It's their yeah, life. Yeah, they have a. I'm sure, and I I didn't go through, but I I, I remember watching guys and yeah. become less invested. Not they're not that they're totally you know um, just giving up on the cause, but they're less invested. Yeah, you because, don't go to Texas thinking you're gonna yeah, not maybe fail or exactly. lose your spot and maybe not have your yeah. dreams. Come but they're not listed on succeed. the depth chart anymore. Yeah. So, I gotta tell you, it probably hurts yeah. your pride. And I, I don't know if a lot of guys have that intrinsic motivation to go. No, no, no. You know what? Yeah. I, my mission is to get on that depth chart and be a starter. I'm gonna show them. You know, sometimes after two years, guys go. I guess I'm just a student athlete now, and I'm cool with that. And you don't or want just that. transfer portal you and want, find another spot. Yeah, or they want to transfer. Now, nowadays, even nowadays, more so. a good point about that. Yeah, so either way, you want them fully invested. That's a way to keep a guy invested. Yep. Every and need the team needs. It you helps here. you and him. Yeah. Amen. I, I'll tell you, kind of the perfect guy, and he played in a, a really forgettable era of football. Every program needs a guy like Alex Delatorre. Yep. And you think about Alex Delatorre. Came to Texas as a linebacker out of Denton Ryan. Linebacker clearly didn't work out. Yeah. They move him to fullback. He took pride and in it. And he ends up being a second team all Big 12 guy. Yeah. No, I was like, he took pride in it. And, you know, and I agree with you because they're not all. And that actually, that's a success story, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, to be, you know, oh, yeah. even on the all Big 12. You know, I remember a guy like OJ McClintock, who we talk about him all the time. He was mm-hmm. similar. They threw OJ in a lot of different roles. And, you know, unfortunately, he was never able to get a home somewhere and I think kind of cultivate his craft at one specific spot. He was a hell of a freaking athlete. One of the best athletes, honestly, that I've, 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 I think I've ever been around on a football field. But he kept him invested. Like, they moved him around, and he was always, you know, he was always trying to win a spot at a different position. But getting to your point about trying to maximize talent, like, if it ain't working here, he's too good of an athlete, man. We recruited the right guy. Let's see if he can work here. And he did. He was so good of an athlete, they moved him to linebacker and to wide receiver and to tight end and to DN. And he was able to play at all of them, and his body shifted. And, 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 it's and, the craziest thing about It is crazy. And, but yet, you know, I think, he, you know, he didn't make all Big 12 or anything. And, like I said, wasn't a starter, but it ended up being a really, really good way to keep him invested and he, you know, ended up being one of the key like glue guys, locker room guys on our well, team. More, Everybody more loved recent those times, guys. more recent times, Demarco Cobb's is exactly the kind of guy you're talking about. All right, we're coming to the end of the line. It is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that on the other side as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <laughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) 
how can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Keeps coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. <laughs> How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. That's going to do it for this week's show. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can catch me most weekdays, 10 to noon, mm -hmm. and you can catch Rod B. now every weekday, 3 to 7. That's right. Same as book. Thanks to Matt, you can get our archives, all of our classic interviews and shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. And you can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcast by searching Horns 24-7 Podcast. You get us, you get State of Recruiting, and the flagship Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, just search Horns 24-7 Podcasts. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howell, downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.